Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my monthly live training. My next live training will be happening on Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. I'm going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. You can register by clicking the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. On the show today, Matt Zinman. He is the author of the book, Zism's Insights to Live By, and he's also the host of his own podcast, Insights to Live By. We are going to talk about energy management self-belief and goals, mental and mood health, and internship and productivity. I bet you never heard those two words together. An incredible conversation. Here it is with Matt Zinman. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I thank you for being on the show today. And you have this thing called Zisms. So why don't you tell us what in the world is a Zism? Right. Well, a Zism, for one, is the title of a book I've just recently <laughs> published, the uh, subtitle being Insights to Live By. And it refers to those guiding principles, mantras, those things that we all have acquired through our experience in life, pearls of wisdom. Right, those we all have those insights to live by. So the book certainly speaks to those, not like quips and quotes, but things around self-discovery and mindset and um, interactions and things like that. We don't have to go too deep on that right now, but that answers the question on Zisms. So are you setting yourself up to be a future Dalai Lama? That's why this book came about and Zisms. No, it, it, it's funny because I get the question. It's like, well, you know, you're going to write another book. I'm like, I don't know. Ask me in 10 years. I, I, everything I could possibly put in the book is in there right now. So whatever that Dalai Lama uh, um, content is, it's all there. So, there you know, you what's interesting it. is I have self-published two books and writing a book is hard and I appreciate anybody who writes a book, whether you self-publish, whether you go through, through a traditional publisher, it is a lot of work. We get the book and we read the book, but the work and the blood and the sweat and tears that went in this, into any book is incredible. And so I want the listener to understand when you read a book, really appreciate everything that went in the book. It wasn't something they wrote in like an hour. They spend a lot of time. And so I really appreciate uh, authors. I just finished reading a fantastic book, which has nothing to do about this podcast. Sarah Fryer wrote a book called No Filter. is about the history of Instagram. And I read it because I love the how companies came to being, whether Apple or Google or whatever. I love those kind of books. And I'm writing, as I'm reading this book, I'm like, man, all the research she had to do for this book. And I just read it in a couple of weeks, but I'm sure it didn't take her a couple of weeks, weeks to, to write it. So when you read right. a book, really appreciate all the work that the author put into the book. Now, Mark, did you have a different you know, perception of what No Filter was about? Did you feel like that related more to you than the topic that it ended up being since you 
I you have no filter, is my understanding. <laughs> well, I do um, have a filter. I, I'm very careful with my mouth. Oh, right. But the one big thing I got out of because people ask me, you know, what's their big takeaway from the book No Filter about Instagram? I said I wish they didn't sell to Facebook because Facebook ruined Instagram. If you read the book, you'll learn that Facebook ruined Instagram. I think if they didn't buy it, they'd be a totally different company, and they would have eventually overtook Facebook, which is why Mark bought Facebook or bought bought Instagram. Right. You know, one thing I want to say to your point, you're right. I'm so glad to be on the other side of the writing and the publishing (laughs) and all of it. But, you know, there are a lot of people out there interested to write. And my one recommendation is just get into action. You know, I, I spent a couple of days. What do I have? I've been thinking about these things for you know, many years, and maybe it would have ended up being a blog, right? If, if it didn't, wasn't mm-hmm. something more fully formed. But once I got it done and I look back, I'm like, wow, I really have something here, knowing I was already into action. Yes. It was like I had almost come too far, right? I, I was already in gear. So I just kept yes. going. So that, that, I think that's what I, you know, don't, don't get, get caught up in it being this big thing, you know, just write for a day or two. See yes. where you are. Well, it's funny because one of the people I follow is Brendan Burchard. And when he first wanted to be an author, he was doing us research and find out, okay, what courses should he take and what conferences should he go to? And, and he says, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to some of the authors I admire and ask them, how do I be a great writer? And what they said is write every day, write. That's don't worry about conferences. Don't worry about special notebooks. Just write. And that, and sometimes you just have to hear that knowledge. So if you want to write, Right. If you want to be a podcaster, create a podcast. If you want to go on YouTube, create a YouTube channel. You can only learn so much. Eventually, you got to do. Right. Well, it's funny. Uh, he's actually cited in my book. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And my wife and I went to one of his conferences for a week, and we saw him speak as a keynote at her company's conference. So uh, he's one of my favorites, too. Yes. So let's talk about, you know, in case the listener's not aware of it, we have this global zombie apocalypse pandemic we're going through. I, I, I think oh, you've right. heard about it, Matt. Yeah. With that. And um, one of the things that really scares me, it makes me sad, actually, is the number of people who have been furloughed and instead of doing something, they are binge watching TV or playing video games on their phone or just like staying up hours a night, consuming all the news, sleeping in. They have no structure. And, and every day this goes on, they feel less and less excited about life. And what I've been doing is I've been purposely doing what Brendan Burchard says, doubling down, serving my audience more through lives, through podcasts, through blog posts, because I want to be alive because we will get to the other side of this. And if you don't take care of yourself now in the midst of this crisis, then everybody else who is, is going to be light years ahead of you after this thing blows over. So why don't you take a few minutes and talk about the mental energy that we are allowing to be sucked out of ourselves when we have no structure in our day. Right. Well, I, you know, it's a great point. I think everyone has to you know, fight that lack of structure when you're thrown off your game. And one of the things I do like to speak to is around that energy management. And you know, what do you do when you're feeling one way or another. It's more, I think to me, it's more relevant than time management. I mean, to each their own, but I do try to align my to-do list with how I'm feeling. Mm. And, you know, you're right. We, you know, we are home. And if I'm sitting here trying to write a a cohesive sentence and 10 minutes goes by, I'm like, well, maybe I should go, (laughs) you know, do laundry or something. Um, But the, the point here is also to have that structure 
to your to your point. And look, I like to binge watch as much as the next person, mm-hmm. one at a time. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I do I do need to pace it, and I do need that structure. But more to the point is that opportunity that people have right now. And it's a rare one, you know, when you're caught up in life and, you know, you're commuting to work every day and you've got everything you got to get done for, you know, that paycheck job. Uh, it's really hard, you know, your family, it's hard to create space. And now you have too much space, you know, to, at least to the people you're speaking to in this example. And so what is that opportunity? How do you take this time and turn it into something that you can look back on as being, I did that then? Is that, you know, is that a pivot? Is that getting into action around something entrepreneurial? Uh, it could be anything, but I, I think to your, you know, just saying, you know, you, you kind of get lost. I, it really is more the other side of it is finding your why and then stepping in that direction. Maybe it is the example of writing a book. True, true. And I also think that you need to stop and think about what do you want to accomplish for the rest of 2020. What do you want to accomplish in 2021? I talk a lot about goals on the podcast. And I think a lot of people, at least the people I've met, they don't have goals. If I put a loaded gun to their head and say, and said to them, tell me your top three goals, I would be killing a lot of people. Now, I'm not going to do this, obviously, so don't send me emails. But I think you need to have a goal more than making it to the end of the day or to the weekend or to the end of the month. I think you need to have really big goals. I think Jim Collins wrote the book Built to Last, I think back in the 80s and maybe the 90s, and he says you need to have a big, hairy, audacious goal, a goal that there's no way today you could ever accomplish this goal because what that does is it keeps you moving forward. And if you don't have any goals, if you have no vision, well, you're going to be struggling because why do you get up every morning? I wake up every morning, right. seven days a week, excited for what I'm about to experience that day. And if you don't wake up that way, I, I think it's time for you to do some self, self-discovery self and find out what lights you up because right. you only get one life. And I, I, I see so many people wasting it. They wake up and they hit social media first thing. It's like, you're going to live through other people's lives first thing in the morning. I, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't recommend that to anybody. Well, I, you know, look, if that's part of the structure, when you want to be on social media, you know, to each their own, but what's the rest of the day? And I think beyond goals, it really also has to be aligned with self-belief mm-hmm. and tied to that why. And the example of completing a book or doing something entrepreneurial and recognizing, you know, I do have enough experience to start a consulting business. And what does that look like to structure that and start prospecting? And believing in yourself that you have those skills to follow through and deliver and that that's worth something. Someone's going to pay you for that. And what is that? And getting in the action toward that goal. And if you do feel like you've got shortcomings, go learn. Yes. Right? That's part of the goal too. But I really do think it's, it's one more step beyond the goals. It also has to be that self-belief. That, yes. that gets you there because that makes you undeterrable. Whatever yes. comes your way, you get knocked down. You have that self-belief. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to keep heading in that direction. You know, it reminds me, um, let me, grab my phone real quick because I saw a quote from Tony Robbins the other day, which I think really speaks to this. It was a very powerful um, quote. And if I can find it, 
Um, where is it here? Let me just, this is live, folks. This is not edited. So I just, I just wanted you to know that it really spoke to me. And I'm waiting for my phone to respond here. Oh, here it is. Listen to this very carefully. I, I found this and I, I actually screen, screen grabbed it and put it in my, uh, my uh, phone. It's not knowing what to do. It's doing what you know, which is this what you said. It's not knowing what to do. It's doing what you know. Right. And Tony Robbins said that. And if you think about it, we're like, well, if I learn how to write a book, I'll write a book. Well, no, if you don't have a dream of writing a book, don't write a book because other people are writing books. If you don't really get excited about podcasting, then don't create a podcast. What is in your heart? Because I think so many people are are looking at everyone else. Oh, I want to do that. 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 Well, no, no, no. What do you want to do? And I think so many people, dangerously, I would argue, are trying to live life through other people. Well, there's only one Tony Robbins. There's only one Gary Vaynerchuk. There's only one Matt. There's only one Mark. You need to live your own life. And I see so many people getting caught up into the Instagram world. And I think that's very dangerous. Yeah, well, for me, I missed the cut on social media. I'm still trying to figure Instagram out, <laughs> um, among all things. I stick to LinkedIn if I can help it. Okay. Um, but, you know, you're right. It's a great quote, and I think it really has a lot less to do with the, uh, the, the trip, as it were, as much as it does the destination. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that you have something that you value. What is that? What is that passion? And that you're reverse engineering it so that you can figure that out not worrying so much about the process. Yeah. So I, I, I do like that. I think the analogy I use all the time is if you want to summit Mount Everest, that is your goal to summit Mount Everest. And then to your point, you reverse engineer. Okay, I want to summit Mount Everest in my lifetime. That's what I want to do. Now you start going backwards and you go all the way back to the beginning. What is the first step I need to do? I mean, for me, I have no idea how to summit Mount Everest and I would probably do a Google search. But- you take the goal, you reverse engineer it, and then you get all the way back to the beginning to find out what you want to do next. But I think if you don't know the goal, then there's no need to plan because what are you planning for? Right. And if you do decide to summit Mount Everest, hopefully you don't have too many steps backward. That probably would not be a good safety thing for you. Well, what I meant is like you, the final goal is summit Mount Everest, but then there's a whole thousand steps to get there and you have to go all the way back to the first step. What's the first thing I need to do? Okay, I do that. Then what's the next thing? And every step builds towards summoning Mount Everest. So that Mount Everest could be a a, a symbol for your goal. Hmm. If you want to release a book, okay, so that's the finished product. You release the book like you you released your book. Okay, but that wasn't the first step. The first step was like, you know, maybe I should write a book. How do I write a book? And so you have to go all the way back to the beginning but you already had your goal in mind. I think a lot of people look at their goals and they go, I'm never going to make that. And then you start. Well, I can right. guarantee you, if you don't start on the path, you're never going to make your goal. You know, it's kind of that you're almost sounding Confucius here, Mark. <laughs> the journey of a thousand miles. You accuse me of being on the mountain, but I'm looking up at you right now. I just want to say, um, yeah, good point. Let's talk about managing health. Um, a lot of people who listen to my show know that my pater- my maternal grandmother died of Alzheimer's. My mother has late onset Alzheimer's, and she's only a shell of herself. She's like a three-year-old in a 76-year-old body. So I got an opportunity to talk to her neurologist, and I 
asked him, I said, look, I read this article on runnersworld.com. And he goes, I know what you're going to ask me. You're going to ask me if you take care of yourself by running every day. Um, can you maybe never get, I, I know that bad English, may you mitigate the chance of you getting Alzheimer's? And I said, well, I didn't know you're a mind reader too, but yes, that's what I was going to ask you. He says, we've been telling people from the beginning of time, diet, exercise, and sleep, diet, exercise, and sleep, diet, exercise, and sleep. So if you are proactive and you exercise and you like read and try to learn a language and you get enough sleep and you don't eat a lot of crap, you will mitigate, no guarantees obviously in life, your chance of getting Alzheimer's. And, and so I've been on this healthy kick. I haven't, I've only had water and sugar-free sports drinks since last September of 2019. I've been vegetarian since November 2019. I run every day, like over a thousand days in a row now. And I'm trying to get seven hours sleep minimum every night. And when I look back on my grandmother and look back on my mother, they never really took care of themselves. Now, it's not really their fault because back then, if you weren't an athlete, you didn't like go running. You didn't go walking, biking. We didn't do that because they didn't know it depended on that stuff. So I really get passionate when I tell people, look at you say, well, I'm only 35. I'm only 45, whatever. But you know what? You're setting the groundwork for your health when you're 70, 80, and 90. That's what happens now. So let's talk a few minutes about managing your health. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, mrproductivity.com, for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at mrproductivity.com. Sure. Well, look, I mean, there are obvious standards out there. Yeah, I'm, I'm not coming at this as, as a doctor as much as just life experience. And first of all, very impressive, Mark, that you've been able to have that discipline. My wife went vegan. I was like, no, I'm sorry. I'm I can't go vegan. Vegan means. Oh, no, vegetarian. Yeah, right. vegetarian. No, no, she's, she yeah. is vegan. Yeah, yeah. yeah no. But even <laughs> so, that's really impressive. I don't think I could run a thousand days in a row, but ice hockey. I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Uh, look, I mean. There's, there are a few things that, you know, to each their own. None of us are perfect. We're all going to, you know, veer here and there, but the consistency uh, and the things in moderation and, you know, all the things that you hear. There was a book called The Powerful Engagement, always stuck with me. And I'm like, you know, right now I've had those two authors, but if you want to look it up, it, you know, again, The Powerful Engagement. And they talked about, it was almost like a Maslow's hierarchy of needs where it all started with being physically energized. And you got to power yourself. You have to work out. You've got to have your energy up because nothing really works well if you don't have that foundation. So Mm -hmm. I found that very interesting. and It's very true. Uh, Certainly, it then gets into being mentally focused and then emotionally connected and spiritually aligned is at the top, whatever that is for you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I I took that as a a good guide because it's one of those models. Like There are all these different ones out there that stuck with me just because I happened to read that book. Uh, But I also looked at mental health and mood health, and I, I wanted to take that head on. I think that um, so many people have to contend with that. Uh, I am definitely out front in, in my disclosures. I've had to contend with depression since my, my teens, and I have to be just in the, some of the ways that you're talking about that much more vigilant to take good care of myself so that I'm, I'm feeling good uh, all the time as, as much as I can. And so... That's something that I, I think, uh, you know, we often separate 
you know, but the brain's part of the body here mm-hmm. and you know, the stigmas that go with it, uh, you're not going to do much without your brain working right. Right. So taking care of yourself in that way is key. And I, I did rely on the experts in the areas where I, I talk about this in the book and I do have different tools and I have this self-care report card. Hmm. Then I look to, you know, the sleep foundation, you know, how many, you know, how much sleep should you get for a night? Right. And then, you know, cited those and went through these different categories. And I did like a weighted algorithm where working out would be representing, you know, 40% versus, right. So uh, I actually have that for free. So I know we'll put that in the show notes and and whatnot. We'll talk about the end of the show and I'll I'll tell people where to get that. But I I don't put myself out as the expert. It's just a matter of, having like these self accountability tools mm. that are going to help you, you know, stay in range so that you're, you know, you're generally on the right path of, of remaining healthy. Now we've all heard mental health, but you mentioned something called mood health. So break it down for us. How do you separate mood health? Cause I've never heard that term. How is that different from mental health? Well, I look at mood health as being a, a subsection, right? Okay. I mean, you're, you're, you're really talking about depression, you know, and, and, and mood imbalance. And so in that, in that area, there's, you know, a chapter called minding the mood scale. There's another illustration, which is kind of like a thermometer where you could say, well, here's the area where you would consider to be, you know, perfect balance. Okay. It's not about stay at very long. <laughs> Let's face it. <laughs> but you know, there, there is that uh, normal range of happy, sad. And then what happens when you start, you know, you know, going down and below into mild, moderate, severe depression. And the challenge in, in that area is at first you don't realize it. It's like sinking in the quicksand. Uh, and just to be practical with that, if I start to feel that way, I mean, look, we all have our down days. The weather gets bad. You know, I've been an entrepreneur since 02. I, you know, get kicked in whatever part of my body, you know, a few times a week. You're going to get knocked down. You got to get back up. But if I hit like three days, of that and I really start myself I feel myself sinking I just you know my you know unfortunately my parents aren't around but I have to be my own parent mm. and I, you know kick myself no matter how much sucks can I say that yes I, you I just said, did right, I just did all right too late too late I know it's a clean show I'm like oh yes. yeah I don't usually say that but it, it does right but you still have to get to the you know you still have to work out and I just, you know, I have a power hour and, you know, that's something that I build into my habits mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of my self-care and that's just mandatory. And I reach out, you know, we get isolated here. Yes. So you have to be proactive. Who lifts you up? Who do I want to call? Who do I want to have a Zoom with? Um, what kind of social do I want to have? You have to seek these things out. And the same thing goes around back to the, the idea of energy management is recognizing that we all affect each other. So if, you know, what happens when someone who's always complaining or worrying or whatever that you have to be in that mode versus somebody who, you know, lifts you up and you, you know how that feels. Are you laughing on the phone? Are you like, (laughs) right? So those are all proactive things that people have to do. Now, mental health, of course, is a much broader category. So that's how I differentiate the two. Charlie Tremendous Jones, I should say the late Charlie Tremendous Jones used to say in five years, You'll be the same person you are today, except for the books you read and the people you meet. So let that sink in. It's not just people. It's not just books. It's people and books. And you can meet a lot of awesome people through books. I've met Damon John from Shark Tank through his books. Maybe someday I'll get to meet him in person. So let that sink in. In five years, you'll be the same person you are today, August 18th, 2020, 
except for the books you read and the people you meet. And hopefully, interesting. our conversation with Matt will make you a better person because you don't have to physically be with these people, but you need to follow them. And speaking of following people, if you're following people like like uh, Matt just said, who are negative, who are naysayers, who are dream killers, distance yourself from them. Put people in your life on purpose who are going to uplift you, who are going to edify you, who are going to cheer you on, who are not going to be jealous of you. Because if you are around people that say, oh, Matt, why'd you write a book? What? No one's going to read the book. How much do you think, how how much effort do you think Matt would have put in the book? But he probably surrounded himself with people say, hey, you could do it. You could do it. You got this. I'm cheering you on because it makes a difference. You may not think it makes a difference. Oh, it doesn't bother me. You know, those things come off me like water goes off a duck. No. In your subconscious minds, you're hearing these people's voices. And so be very careful who you're listening to. Are they pulling you towards your goals or push, pulling you away from your goals or pushing you towards your goals? What do you yeah, think you know, about I that? Keep, I keep hearing that same theme. Uh, you know, I think it's kind of stick with you. Or you start paying attention to things. And just recently, last week or two, I keep, whether it's a post or are you saying that, it's like surround yourself with the people who lift you up, not those who hold you back. And you know, people's egos, you know, get in the way. And they, you know, they start, you know, being the naysayer or mm-hmm. even the haters, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, so I, I think that's really essential. And the one other point here I think is also essential is that we have a personal responsibility around our own energy and how we affect others. And look, we're all going to go through difficult times. It's not to say you can't lean on people, but also recognize that, you know, you, you could, you know, every everyone only has so much energy, and you can only drain one another so much. And yes. on the other side of that, in feeling healthy, be conscious about lifting other people up, mm-hmm. and you know that you'll find that that's going to happen for you more as well. One of the things I do is when I want to give feedback. This is something really small, listener. You can take from this uh, this conversation. If I want to give you feedback, I always ask for permission first. Here's why. Because I want to make sure you're in the right state. Because if I say, hey, you know what, Matt? I I wouldn't have called your book that title. That's a dumb title. He's like, who are you? But if I say, Matt, can I give you some suggestions? I mean, you're going to call the book, you know, the dummy's guide to being having great insights. I'm like, I may say, you know, I don't, you know, can I give you some insights? Here's the thing. By asking for permission, Matt would have been more open to my conversation, to my feedback. So when you, before you give feedback, even if you're a leader, always ask the person, hey, listen, I've got some feedback. Are you open for it now? Because maybe after lunch, maybe if they go feed their belly, they're in a better position. So always ask for permission to give you feedback. What do you think about that? Give me well, feedback on my feedback. Well, first of all, um, I appreciate your feedback and asking permission, Mark, but it's too late, man. The title is the title. <laughs> I'm not changing it for nothing. That book oh, come is on. In the, it's in the can. <laughs> and I'm serious. Like, ask me in 10 years because I'm not writing another one, um, you know, at least not anytime soon. So, <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Look, it's part of the relationship and where that comes from. And, yeah, I think I think it's just a human respect thing to ask permission uh, to, to, you know, even to share, let alone give, yes. give feedback. Exactly. So, spot on. So as we, uh, wrap up the episode here, I want to give you a final opportunity, um, to, is there anything that we didn't cover on the show that is on your heart that you want to share with our listeners today? Well, for one, and I'm really glad in, in terms of what I'm really doing right now, we did focus on some of the concepts around, uh, the book. 
but also my my day job, which I've done for 15 years, is I founded a nonprofit called the Internship Institute. Okay, and a lot of it, knowing that you. Uh, are focused on productivity has to do with the work productivity around interns and the misconceptions that exist that people might say, Oh, I don't have time to babysit some kid or they come on and they're, then they're gone or now things are virtual and I can't do that. All of those things are wrong. And there is a certain way to do it. Right. And it's something, you know, when, when when people hear about the internship Institute, they'll say, Oh, well, who can you recruit for me or what schools do you work with? And the answer is, Neither. <laughs> I, we basically work with, with solopreneurs up to large companies to help them put internship programs in place. We, we teach them how to fish, right? And we, in essence, we're, you know, Johnny Appleseeding or, you know, installing programs. That's mm-hmm. what we do. So, um, you know, as we get to the end of the show or in the show notes, I can mention that website. And it really does speak to, um, there, there's actually a productivity study that's on that website that, an individual supervisor can gain at least 225 full workdays of productivity by trading their time effectively to have interns instead of trying to do everything themselves. Wow. Two questions. What is sure. the website? That is internshipinstitute.org. It's a nonprofit. Okay. okay. And the second question is, how does internship work in the age of COVID? Because when I think of interns, they would go to an office building and work. How, how does it work virtually? Well, interesting. Uh, that That is uh, somewhat of my specialty. I've been running a virtual internship program for 18 years. Hmm. And uh, I've had interns I've never met. Wow. Uh, and and that's what, uh, you know, that's what Zoom is for. It's the same as the way <laughs> we're, you know, we're running our businesses. Uh, and, and it's great for them. And, and, and one of the things I will say about it too is it it makes it possible for opportunities that wouldn't otherwise be there, especially now we're coming up into the fall and then obviously spring academic terms. Interns, even if there were office space to go to, they can't travel. They can't get Mm -hmm. there in between classes and whatnot. And a virtual internship has a certain structure to it where you're, you know, you're, you're, you're meeting much like they're used to having a class and then they, you know, are available during virtual office hours and they have some flexibility to get things done by deadlines. Now, I don't need to tell you about, you know, the Delegation 101 <laughs> or anything like that, but that is certainly, you know, certainly something that we focus on. And it's very important for the individual because internships do ultimately happen one-on-one. Mm-hmm. So if you're that supervisor uh, and mentorships, we'll, we'll just leave to the side, but that's certainly a big part of it is you want to know what your work, your project pipeline is before you even recruit. So for anyone mm-hmm. who's interested in this, the one action item, uh, you know, practical thing would be step back. And what are all the things that number one, I do that an intern could do, a talented intern could do. What are some of the things that uh, I would love to get done that I can't get to? And, you know, examples like social media, Mark, right, right off the top. <laughs> That's, you know, they're better at it than I am. Like I, we said earlier, I'm like, what's Instagram? Instagram, you know, and, uh, and it's great. I usually run with four interns and I have a system to it. And uh, like I said, there's a certain way to do it right. But if you take that inventory and you look at it, well, now you know who to recruit. Now you know your head count. And I also recommend that if you're going to do it, you have at least two interns, okay. not one. Now, okay. the question that jumps to the front of my mind, sure. what's the difference between an intern and a virtual assistant? 
Hmm. Is one paid and not one not paid or one because we all know what VAs are. I mean, Tim Ferriss made those famous in his four hour work week book. But I understand what an intern is. I mean, I can visualize in my brain right now, like I used to be in radio broadcasting many years ago and I was an intern and I would do the stuff no one else wanted to do. Of course, there was no VAs back then because there was. Yes, I am a pre-internet guy. There was no Internet. So I'm just curious. Can you tell us what the difference between the VA and the intern is? Well, for one, an intern is typically a student, although they don't necessarily have to be. I mean, I've run programs for veterans who are in, you know, transition from active duty. It's really up to the employer, right? What are they, what are the opportunities that they're willing to provide and to who? It could be disadvantaged kids also or high school kids. Uh, So those are, you know, your talent pools, Mm -hmm. by example. Uh, and, And VAs, as you know, are coming from all parts of the world. Yes to say the least. And, uh, you know, they're usually coming with a, an entrepreneurial offering and that's very specific. Whereas there are all kinds of different projects and skill sets. You know, you think about the entire spectrum of what a university teaches that, uh, you know, is, is available to you to have an intern do that a VA would not. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well, listen, I really appreciate you explaining that to us. And I can tell you, you're fired up about internship and, uh, and the productivity and all that stuff. So uh, great for showing that. So the final question for you is where can we find you other than the intern? In, what's it again? The website again? Internshipinstitute.org. Okay. What, and, where else can we find you? And you're right. I just, uh, I also just started a podcast, right? That's how I got into action here in COVID. How am I using my indoor time better? <laughs> and, uh, and that's called Insights to Live By. And everything is at mattzinman.com. Okay. Well, I'm glad to talk to a fellow podcaster. It's always, I, I like all my guests, but when they're podcasters, they get the, the quirky love we have for each other. So I really appreciate you being on the show. I'm sure they can pick up your books at Amazon or Barnes and Noble or wherever books are sold. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. I, I really, really appreciate, appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight. Now, did you, by the way, did anything you talked about, are any, were any of those classified as Zinisms? It's like you said, like the Zisms is kind of, there's a whole story behind why the book got (laughs) named the way it is. Uh, But um, no, I mean, there's quips and quotes throughout, you know, there's call out quotes, but it's a book. It's a book. Okay. Well, listen, go pick up the book because look at you, you heard Matt on the show deliver tons of value. And so his book is just going to be that magnified. So Matt, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are my friend, our rock star. Thank you. And you. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my next live training, Friday, September 18th at noon Eastern. Going to be talking about planning your day, the why and the how. Register by clicking the link in my show notes or in the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.